As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Broadcasting life and truth around the world, you're listening to the Bible Answer Man broadcast with Hank Hanegraaff, president of the Christian Research Institute. The mission of CRI and the Bible Answer Man broadcast is to teach discernment and to defend the essential doctrines of the historic Christian faith. Each day, Hank answers questions with a passion for apologetics, biblical literacy, and countering the cults. For more information about CRI, call 888-7000-CRI or visit our website at equip.org. That's equip.org. The following program was pre-recorded. To begin today's Bible Answer Man broadcast, here's your host, Hank Hanegraaff. Thank you very much, Randy. And of course, this week we are making a trek. We're making a trek from Palm Sunday when Jesus Christ rode into Jerusalem in precisely the way that Zechariah said that he would. Zechariah 9, verse 9. Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. And then, of course, we went from Palm Sunday to talking about the four-part argument that St. Paul gives in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the four-part argument that underscores the fact that Christ has, in fact, risen from the dead. And because Christ has risen from the dead, we know that we too will rise immortal, imperishable, incorruptible. And as I said on yesterday's broadcast, it is so important that you take the time to familiarize yourself with 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Because Paul there is taking a creedal statement, a statement that can be traced almost up to the time of Messiah's murder, and he's using that creedal statement as a way of demonstrating an incontrovertible fact. The fact that Jesus suffered fatal torment. Again, we talked about that yesterday. The fact that the tomb is empty. I'm going to talk about that today. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the fact that Christ appeared and gave many convincing proofs that he had indeed risen from the dead. This was not conjecture. This was fact. And then... 
On Friday, we are going to talk about what happened to the disciples as a result of the resurrection of our Lord. They were utterly transformed. They were scared and scattered and then became lions of the faith. They were able to turn an empire right side up. And I've often said that if we ever got a hold of the reality of resurrection in our time, we could take our empire and turn it right side up. So the question becomes, are you just talking about resurrection? Maybe giving it lip service, spending a little time on it because it's Easter? Or do you really believe that Christ rose from the dead and because he rose, you know that you too will rise immortal, imperishable, incorruptible. So today I want to focus on the empty tomb. And to do that, let me read what St. Matthew says. This is from Matthew chapter 27. Of course, this is the second to the last chapter in St. Matthew's gospel. Here's the words of St. Matthew, starting at verse 57. Now, when evening had come, There came a rich man from Arimathea, a rich man named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded that the body be given to Joseph of Arimathea. When Joseph had taken the body, He wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his tomb, a tomb which he had hewn out of the rock. And and then he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. And Mary Magdalene was there. And, And the other Mary, sitting opposite the tomb. On the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees gathered together to Pilate. And they said, Sir, we remember when when he was still alive, how the deceiver said, After three days I will rise. Therefore command that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away. And say, to his people, he has risen from the dead, so that the last deception will be worse than the first. And Pilate said to them, you have a guard, go your way, make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him. They became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Don't be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, 
who was crucified. He's not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where Jesus lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. So this is, again, the account of the empty tomb as told by St. Matthew. And this is perhaps the greatest of all testimonies to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, it is a congruent whole, but it is a great testimony that the tomb was empty, that Christianity cannot survive an identifiable tomb containing the corpse of Christ. And as it is incontrovertible that Christ suffered fatal torment, so therefore it is beyond all reasonable doubt that Christ was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Now this has constantly been called into question. And so as we continue the broadcast today, what I'd like to do is give you evidence, incontrovertible evidence, that the tomb was indeed empty. And again, as we read through the gospel according to St. Matthew, this was not a common grave. This was a tomb that is identifiable because it belonged to a Sanhedrist. And as a Sanhedrist, someone who was involved in condemning Christ to death, he was on the very court that did that. It is unlikely that Joseph of Arimathea is Christian fiction. So again, we're going to be talking about all of that and more on this edition of the Bible Answer Man broadcast. And as I do, remember that this is not just a story for me to tell you, but this is a story for you to tell others. It is not a story in the sense of fable. It is a story in the sense of undeniable reality. In fact, again, as the Apostle Paul said, if Christ has not risen from the dead, let's just eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow we die, but Christ has risen. He has risen indeed. As always, as we go to break, I want to thank all of you who make the Bible Answer Man broadcast an ongoing reality for people not just in America but around the world. Thank you for standing shoulder to shoulder with me in the battle for life and truth, not only with the Bible Answer Man broadcast, but the Hank Unplugged podcast and our 24-7 outreaches around the world. Stay tuned as we talk about the evidence for the empty tomb. The resurrection of Jesus is constantly under attack. 
If Christ has not risen, our faith is futile, and a culture critical of our faith well understands that. The physical resurrection of Christ is the incontestable cornerstone of Christianity, making a persuasive, reasoned defense of that event's historicity the essential of all apologetic essentials. Resurrection by Hank Hanegraaff clearly communicates the evidence and implications of the resurrection, and it does so using a memorable method to equip Christians to defend the very fabric of our faith. To receive your copy of Resurrection, simply call 888-7000-CRI and make a gift to the life-changing work of the Christian Research Institute, 888-7000-CRI, or go online to equip.org. We'll be back in just a moment with more from Hank Hanegraaff. Anyone who's been paying attention knows there's a war going on, not just on traditional morality, civility, and decency, but even more fundamentally on historic notions of truth. And the enemy isn't just the onslaught of fake news facilitated by a post-truth culture and turbocharged by growing legions of ideological spin doctors. No, the real enemies of truth range from postmodernist convictions that there is no objective truth to militant scientism that claims that only science can determine truth, and religion is little more than primitive superstitions. But CRI support team members are not waving a white flag of surrender. They're holding the fort by undergirding every one of Christian Research Institute's mind-shaping and life-changing outreaches 24-7. To learn how you can make a difference and enjoy all the benefits of support team membership, simply visit equip.org. Do you want to live a visionary life of purpose and meaning? Do you want to live in Christ with a sense of purpose and peace? Most of us will answer yes. And yet, rather than soaring to spiritual heights, we often remain grounded, emotionally and spiritually stuck in our harmful habits and attitudes, finding ourselves repeatedly wingless and unable to take flight. Written by a husband and wife, the husband a priest and wife a psychologist, Renewing You, a Priest, a Psychologist, and a Plan is a path to personal renewal needed by many in this moment. To receive your copy of Renewing You, a Priest, a Psychologist, and a Plan by Father Nicholas and Dr. Roxanne Lowe, call 888-7000-CRI and make a gift to support the Christian Research Institute's life-changing outreaches, 888-7000-CRI, or visit us at equip.org. When you need answers about the Bible and the intersection of our faith and culture, you turn to the Bible Answer Man broadcast and the Christian Research Institute. But did you know we're entirely supported by God's provision through friends like you? In appreciation for your gift of ministry support today, we'll send you Hank's book, The Third Day, a convincing case study on the most important truth of Christianity, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Johnny Erickson Tata has said, Hank leaves no stone unturned, thoroughly portraying the resurrection as our grand hope, the glorious springboard from which we all dive into eternity. Strengthen your defense of the resurrection and increase your confidence in your own eternal future. Call 888-7000-CRI or visit equip.org now.
Now back to the Bible Answer Man broadcast and your host, Hank Hanegraaff. Thank you very much, Randy. And as I said before the break, it is incontrovertible that Jesus Christ suffered fatal torment. But it is also beyond reasonable doubt that Jesus Christ was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. As the reliability of the resurrection was undermined in so many different venues, in, in magazines, in manuscripts, and movies, it became increasingly critical to look at the rationale for believing that Jesus was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and and that on Easter morning some 2,000 years ago, the tomb was indeed empty. Now, again, this is not blind faith. This is faith founded on a refutable fact. Let me start by saying this. It is heartening to discover that the late liberal Cambridge scholar, John A.T. Robinson, and I mention him because many people know his name, he conceded that the burial of Jesus Christ is, and let me read what he said, it's one of the earliest and best attested facts about Jesus. This is a liberal scholar. And his affirmation turns out to be more than just a dogmatic assertion. It's a defensible argument. In fact, let me go so far as to say that liberal New Testament scholars such as Robinson, in concert with conservative scholarship, agree that the body of Jesus was buried in the private tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And as I said before the break, as a Sanhedrist, one in the court that condemns Christ to death, he is unlikely to be the figment of a fertile imagination. It's also striking that no alternative burial account occurs in the entire historical record. Scholars also agree that the tomb quickly lost its significance. Why? Because the remains of Christ were not there to be venerated. And that's noteworthy in that the graves of sages were profoundly reverenced. And let me add this, that the account of Jesus' burial in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea as put forth in the Gospels is far too early to have been the stuff of myth or legend. And you can add to this the reality that the Gospel writers highlight women as heroes of the empty tomb accounts. Now, this is important because if you consider that females were routinely considered little more than chattel, the empty tomb accounts are powerful evidence that the gospel writers value truth over cultural correctness. Prior to the coming of Christ, 
and again, this is the historical context. Females were so denigrated by society that first century males routinely mouthed the mantra, I thank thee that I'm not a woman. Had the gospel accounts been legendary, I can tell you this, males most certainly would have been the heroes of the narrative. Now, I think it's also heartening to realize that, that Jewish antagonists take the empty tomb account for granted. Instead of repudiating the empty tomb, they accused Christ's disciples of stealing his body. And had the tomb not been empty, enemies, <laughs> you can imagine this, enemies of the resurrection could have easily put an end to the pretense by displaying the remains of Christ. Here's the bottom line. In the centuries following the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the fact of the empty tomb was forwarded by friends and foes alike. Let me put it bluntly. The tomb was empty. Were it not, Christianity could not have survived the tomb containing the remains of Messiah. Well, as the reliability of the resurrection is undermined in the media, it is so crucial that you and I as Christians are prepared to demonstrate that Jesus was buried and that on Easter morning some 2,000 years ago, the tomb was indeed empty. Now, I'm going to pick that up. in tomorrow's edition of the Bible Answer Man broadcast when we talk about the appearances of Christ. But right now, I want to answer a question that I've been asked so often on the Bible Answer Man broadcast, and that is the question, was Jesus really in the grave for three days and three nights? And I raise that question because skeptics so often point to this as an inconsistency in the biblical text. Now, Jesus specifically said, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The Gospels also tell us that Jesus died on the day before the Sabbath or on Friday, and then rose on the day after the Sabbath or on Sunday. So how how do you resolve this kind of apparent contradiction, the operative word being apparent. Well, you do that in three ways. The first is that in Jewish idiom, any part of a day counted as a day-night unit. And thus there is absolutely no need whatsoever to demand that a literal 72 hours has to be accounted for. Uh, In fact, this way of speaking in reference to time is particularly evident in light of Jesus' own contention that he would rise on the third day, not after the third day and night had ended. There's a second point, and that is that the Gospels unanimously declare that Jesus died on the day of preparation, in other words, on Friday, the day leading up to the beginning of the Sabbath at sundown, the gospel writers demonstrate 
uh, a complete unanimity regarding the discovery of Jesus' resurrection early in the morning on the day following the Sabbath as well. And that, of course, is Sunday, the first day of the week. And thus to suggest, as some have, that Jesus died on Wednesday and rose on Saturday or died on Thursday and rose on Sunday directly contradicts the testimony of the four gospel writers. So you can't go there. And that leaves us with with, with one more point that I want to make in this regard, and that is once knowledge of ancient culturally informed modes of oral and literary expression replace a naive literalistic interpretation of God's word, the majestic harmony of scripture shines through. Indeed, Christ's sacrificial death, his miraculous resurrection on the third day is the glorious archetypal fulfillment of Old Testament types, including the Passover lamb, including Jonah's preservation for three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, and including the restoration of Israel on the third day as prophesied by the prophet Hosea. So people try to make a big deal out of the idea that Jesus wasn't in the grave for exactly 72 hours. But the biblical text actually not only does not necessitate that, but it, 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 it actually communicates that Jesus was in the grave according to Hebrew idiom for parts of three days and nights. Well, again, I think that the the point that I want to make overall is the tomb is empty and uh, Jesus was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and that Christianity could not survive an identifiable tomb containing the corpse of Christ. Again, on tomorrow's broadcast, I'm going to talk about the appearances of Jesus Christ. He appeared first to Peter, then to the Twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom, says St. Paul, are living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also. This is going to be exciting because the appearances absolutely transformed those to whom Christ appeared. See you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us for the Bible Answer Man broadcast with Hank Hanegraaff. Our daily commitment here at the Christian Research Institute is to defend the faith once for all delivered to the saints and equip believers to become true disciples of Jesus Christ. In appreciation for your vital gift to help strengthen and expand CRI's mind-shaping, life-changing outreaches, Hank would like to send you a copy of Renewing You, a Priest, a Psychologist, and a Plan. Call a resource consultant at 888-7000-CRI, 888-7000-CRI, or visit our website, equip.org. That's equip.org. You can also write CRI at Post Office Box 8500, Charlotte, North Carolina, zip code 28271. The Bible Answer Man broadcast is funded by listeners like you. We're on the air because truth matters and life matters more.
If you found the last year challenging, you're not alone. In fact, millions believe that this last year has been the most brutal year of their lives. Nonstop news of COVID-19's devastation, coupled with our deepening culture wars, has wreaked havoc on our world. Sadly, many have surrendered to a life of settling when we should be soaring, resigning when we should be renewing. That's why Renewing You, a priest, a psychologist, and a plan couldn't be more timely. Written by a husband and wife, the husband a priest, and the wife a psychologist, Father Nicholas and Dr. Roxanne Lowe provide a plan for personal renewal in these challenging times. To receive your copy of Renewing You, a priest, a psychologist, and a plan, Call 888-7000-CRI and make a gift to support the Christian Research Institute's life-changing outreaches. 888-7000-CRI or visit us at equip.org. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.